Hey friends, welcome to the Drivecast, a daily podcast walking through the Bible to help us read it in, pray it up, and live it out. My name is Dan, and I serve as a teaching pastor for our Worthington campus. Today, we're reflecting on Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. I'll read the passage, and then we'll get started. Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. For God, in His fullness, was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. First, let's read it in. Paul wrote his letter to the Colossians while he was imprisoned in Rome. Colossae was a city around uh, 100 miles east of Ephesus along a major trade route, and as a result, it was uh, at one point in time significantly influenced by Oriental mysticism from the east. Paul never actually delivered this letter in person. In fact, there's no evidence that Paul ever visited Colossae at all. He tended to visit more uh, influential cities on the coast of Turkey, uh, and this is likely a church that he heard about from one of his co-workers, Epaphras. We learn about that uh, earlier in chapter 1. But he's concerned over several issues that he's heard playing out in the Colossian church. And so he writes to correct, to encourage, and challenge them on a few of the things that he's heard. Verses 14 and 15, we see uh, Paul affirm the deity and equality of Jesus with God, that he is the firstborn of all creation. This doesn't mean that he is God's firstborn, but instead uh, that God is fully revealed in Christ, that he is uh, of top priority. One of the things we learn from uh, the ancient world is that rabbis uh, would often describe God himself as the firstborn of the world in an honorific way to talk about the one who is the supreme ruler, which is exactly how Paul continues to describe Jesus in this passage, saying that all things were made through him and made for him. I mean, this is a profound image of Jesus as the maker and ruler of this world which is Paul's ultimate point in Colossians chapter 1, that there is not one thing that we experience, that we taste, see, and touch in the world around us, or even the things that we cannot see but know are there, that he has not made for his own glory. I mean, every molecule, every atom, <clears throat> every, uh, every uh, item in this universe was created for him, things in the heavenly realm, uh, and things in the earthly realm, things that we have not even discovered yet, uh, still exist for His glory. They were made by Him and for Him. This is a profound passage that may be one of the most important passages talking about Jesus in the entirety of the New Testament. There is no way that you can read the New Testament 
and walk away with the idea that Jesus was just a good teacher, that he had a lot to say, uh, a lot of good things to say about God. No, Paul puts forward the idea that Jesus himself was divine, that he is equal with God the Father. This is a profound image, an idea that Paul embeds in Colossians chapter 1. Yet verses 18 through 20 teaches how Jesus uh, is the one who goes before us to make peace between us and God the Father. That by the blood of his cross, his death and resurrection in our place for our sin, he does more than just pay uh, the penalty for our own sin. He establishes a true and right and restored relationship between uh, God the Father and us those of us who put their faith and trust in Jesus. He defines this relationship as one that has been reconciled, where we have been righted before our maker. And all of this happens, Paul says, by faith in Jesus and his death and resurrection in our place. It is a profound passage. Now, we want to not just hear the word and read the word, we want to pray uh, the word back to God. So let's take a moment. I'll give you some prayer points, uh, and you can pray these things. I'll give you some uh, space after I talk for a moment, and you can pray back to God what we've been talking about. Here's the first one. Verse 16 explains that Jesus is an equal part of the Trinity. Jesus created all things uh, by him and for him. All things are held together through him. So here's a question. Do you sometimes doubt that God is still in control of this world. Pray this verse back to God. Ask him to remind you of the truth that all things are held together uh, in and through him. That means every detail of our lives. He is not aloof. He is not missing. He sees, hears, and knows all of what we experience. Let's take a moment and acknowledge this and ask the Lord to uh, remind us of this truth. Finally, we want to take time to live this out so that we don't just hear the word and pray the word, but that we are doers of the word. A couple things to consider. Here's the first one. If you know Jesus is your savior, how are you living out your status as one who has been reconciled to God? Do you live as if you are a redeemed child of God? How does it change uh, the way you live today, knowing that you no longer have to live in a way to earn God's affection, to earn his care and concern from you, but you are able to freely live already having his affection? Do you know that there is not one thing you can do to make Jesus love you more? How does that change the way you view your entire relationship with God and how you do anything in the home or workplace or with your community? That you don't have to earn his affection by your performance, but you have his affection by faith in Christ. Second thing to consider, as you prayed for God to show you um, uh, in your own heart, where you may not be living in accordance with this passage. 
maybe take a moment and ask yourself, uh, is there a part in my life where Jesus right now does not have preeminence? An area in your life where you've said, God, I know you have called me to live this way, but I want to live that way. You've called me not to do this thing, but I, I, I want to keep doing this thing. Is there an area where Jesus does not have preeminence in your life? Take a moment right now and ask the Lord to reveal to you uh, where you may be holding back an area of your life saying that uh, he doesn't get to tell you yet how to uh, operate in that arena in your life. Then ask that he would help you to yield that over to him. Friends, thanks for tuning in to the Drivecast. We'll see you back next week.